Today, I, I just wanted to share just a little bit. You know, this is a kind of a season, and Pastor Pam hit on it a little bit, Elizabeth hit on it a little bit, and you know, there, this, is a, this is a season of uh, opportunity uh, for us to lose our joy. And uh, what I had to share with you today is, is the word that says execute joy, <laughs> not kill it, use it. Uh, that's the, you know, execute it. I, I used to coach golf, and many of you know this, and you've been around for a long time, but what would really frustrate me is when I would, I would teach these girls something, and they, they couldn't go execute it. They could do it all day long, but then when they get on the course, they would be in front of a tree, and they would, they would hit it in the tree, and we would be, all the coaches would gather. This is a lot of fun. When the girls would end up in the tree, we'd all sit there and watch and see how many times they were going to hit that tree before they were finished. And they would, use, they would use the club that goes up in the air while they're under the tree. And I'd say, honey, where is the tree? Up in the air. So use the one that goes on the ground. Use the other one. Why do you continue to do the wrong thing at the wrong time? And, you know, we all know the word. Uh, many of you have been around here for a long time. But do you exercise the word? Do you execute the word? There is joy that's on the inside of you. And all of the things that are going on, the stress and the pressure and the worry and the anxiety and, and all of that stuff, they're like boulders. And they lay on this fountain of joy that's on the inside of you. And if you take all this pressure of the season and, and you know, money-wise and family-wise and, and, you know, all of these things, as you, as you, as you take all that on top of, of that joy, it, it stifles the joy. I'll be happy after Christmas when I don't have to worry about all this stuff. Uh, you, you got, you'd be happy now. See, because joy, it, it, it makes a net of love in your life. It makes a net that, that is full of love and that captures people and brings them in. There's something about being around somebody who's joyful. Bill O'Brien, he's, he's happy. He laughs. He was here today and he was working on some stuff, but I hear him laughing in the office. Whenever I talk to Bill, he always has a joke. He thinks he's much funnier probably than he really is, but he, he, he really may, you know, he's got a, he's got a lot of joy on, on the inside and he, he lets it out and sometimes it makes other people joyful and sometimes it doesn't, but he is. So he's doing his best to spread joy everywhere that he goes. That, that should be, you know, that should be all of us. You know, we've heard it for years. We should be the happiest people on the face of the earth. We've got Jesus Christ living on the inside. That's good stuff. Well, I won't, I'll be happy when this. No, you'll never be happy then. Because when this will come, and then that won't make you happy. John fifteen eleven says that Jesus gave us his joy so that our joy would remain full. And he says in the beginning of that scripture, verse 11, he says, These things I have spoken to you. And if you go back and read the verses 1 through 10 there in in John chapter 15, the things that he talked about were us abiding in him. Really, us remaining in him, standing in his presence, being in his presence. Us staying with him and not separating ourselves from him. And that as we do that, that joy that he's placed on the inside of us, it will remain full. Otherwise, if we walk out and take all the pressures and the stuff and the junk and the... You see them all out in the mall. I mean, I, hey, go ahead, go in front of me, because I don't want to be in front of you with you staring those mean eyes at me in the back. It burns. I just, I'll get out of the way. You go first. You know, this is, this is the last Tickle Me Elmo. Well, you can have it, you know. I, just, here, take it. Can you be happy and joyful and loving and kind? Because the world's not. And what the world needs is Jesus. And, and I, I believe that he was happy, and he was full of joy, and he smiled, and he brought people the good news. There's something about, you can't get all ticked off and then tell somebody Jesus loves them to make it better. It's not a Band-Aid because they won't, they won't end up receiving it. The world doesn't know joy. But do you suck joy from everybody else or do you spread joy everywhere that you go? 
Bill tries to spread joy everywhere that he goes. I know other folks who suck the joy right out of you. They just, 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 just bring it all in. They're all grumpy and they just like attract it and it doesn't go anywhere and it just sits there. I want to encourage you, Jesus came into this world to bring joy. It says so in Isaiah in chapter 9 as they were prophesying as, as, as the, the birth of Jesus in, 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 the, in Isaiah 9 and, and as he talks about you know, that there's a child that's going to be born and all of those things. In the beginning of that it says, and, and he will multiply the joy. He's talking about God and he says, you have multiplied and increased the joy of the people. With what? With Jesus. That when Mary walked in the room with Elizabeth, if you know the Christmas story or you know the story of Jesus and all of that that had gone on, Mary was, Mary was coming into the room and Elizabeth was pregnant and the baby on the inside of her jumped and she said, when you walked into the room, that baby in my womb jumped for joy. That's in Luke chapter, chapter 2, I think. But, you know, it's, it's, about, it's about joy, Jesus coming into the earth and bringing that joy. That's Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 2 was the angel who was talking, and he said, Don't be afraid. I bring you good tidings that are going to bring joy to all the people of the world. That on that night, in the dark, in that stable, in that manger, with that star shining down like we said on Sunday, something happened. And not just hope entered the world, but joy entered the world through Jesus. And then in John 15, like we just read, he said, and you know what? That's not just enough that I came to bring joy into this earth. I'm actually getting ready to leave the earth. So I want you to continue to remain with me, to continue to stay with me in my presence. And he pours out the Holy Spirit so that presence of God can be alive on the inside of us. And in that place, he says, your joy will be made full because I'm giving you mine as I go. Now, what you do with it and what I do with it is our own thing. But there's something about walking in this life with a smile on your face. When is the last time that you really, really laughed? Today. Yes. Well, we can't talk about that because she, she teaches seventh grade science and somebody said some inappropriate things, but it was funny. <laughs> when was the last time that you really f- just had joy? Smile, Makia. It's your birthday. You should smile. You should be full of joy. You're the one person in the room. And, and, and Sandy, you should be smiling really big because it's your birthday. I mean, this is, it's one day, you know. See, when, when is, there's something about that, right? That merry heart maketh good like a medicine. Right? There's something about that. It brings it up on the inside. And you may sit and say, I don't have a lot to be happy about. Yes, you do. Yeah, you do. You got a lot to be happy about. Well, you don't know my situation and my stories and all those kind of things. I don't have to. I know this, that as you hear the word and as you live the word, you will be blessed. You have Jesus Christ alive on the inside of you. The power of the Holy Spirit is working in your life. That's something to be happy about. Christmas isn't about gifts and Christmas isn't about all those little things and spending money. And Christmas is about Jesus coming into the world to save you and to save me, to bring us hope and love and light and life and to bring us joy. And, and if, we, if we don't work with him in that, then, then why, did he, why did he come? You know, if we don't, if we don't walk with him in that, is it, is it enough to be saved but be unhappy for the rest of our lives? That's, that doesn't seem like that's what he came for. He came, yes, so that we could all be saved. But listen, there is, there is more to it than just that part, that you can be happy. I think many people in the world uh, ha- have had the happy kind of beaten out of them. And have had the joy kind of beaten out of them. 
You know, that they just, they just can't seem, they, they smiled for a while in their life, but something happened, you know, along the way, and, and one boulder became another boulder, became another boulder, and you see it sometimes when they, when they come into church, and, and, and God begins to minister to them as they lift up their hands, and they worship, and they praise God, and you begin to lay hands on them and pray for them, and the Word of God begins to, to change their life, and all of a sudden, somebody who was grumpy and gnarly and all mad and upset at the world has become like this most joyous person that you've ever, what is the difference? That person is the same person that day as they were six weeks ago. The difference is Jesus made a difference in their life and the power of the Holy Spirit set them free. And joy began to flow in their life. Big smiles. Big smiles, Manny, right? Big smiles. Happy, joyous. You say, well, you know, I'm going through all kinds. Well, that's the deal. Can you be joyous when you're going through all kinds of stuff? Everybody can be joyous when we're not going through anything. When things are okay and money's in the checkbook and the kids are acting right and your husband or wife is doing what you want them to do and everything's good and the, you know, all the stuff's going your way, everybody's happy then. But when you face trials, when you face tribulation, are you happy then? Is there joy in your life then? Are you encouraged then? That's where you execute the word of God. That's where you step out and exercise joy. That's where you step out and put it to practice in your life. That's where the rubber begins to meet the road. I had these girls that I coached, not in golf, but in basketball. For some reason, I, I continued to coach girls. I just beat myself up year after year after year after year. <sighs> it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 that we are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We're persecuted, but not forsaken. We're struck down, but not destroyed. John sixteen thirty three says, In the world you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer, because I have overcome the world. You know, we'll face all kinds of situations that test that joy, that test that ability on the inside of us to put it into practice. We're all going to face all kinds of situations. That's where we know that we really understand and we've had a revelation of what the Word says. I had these girls, and um, it was my first time to coach basketball, and we had these plays, and, you know, you say four or blue or square or triangle, and the little girl dribbles down, you know, and and when when you practice, you just practice just with you and you know they all go to the right spot and they all stand there and then they the little girl comes down you know and she says triangle and so they all move and you know they they pretend like they're picking somebody and this girl runs around you know and she gets the ball and she makes a layup and it's like wow they all high five each other and I'm thinking it's just the five of you you know whatever you know, but you gotta, you got to know what you're doing. You have to learn the, the, the plays. You have to understand what those things are. And these girls, you know, I mean, they would, they would go at it, and they'd work really hard, and they would practice. And, and you know, we, we had our plays and out-of-bounds plays and coming down the court and, you know, on this side, if it's a zone defense, we did this. If it was a man-to-man defense, we did this. And I was yelling out orders, and they would listen to me. And, you know, we learned it all in practice. But then, like, the first game, they get the ball, and the girl starts dribbling down, and she just, like, stops. I'm like, what are you doing? There's somebody there. I don't know what to do. Freaked him right out. Because they, even in practice, when you, when you put up, you know, team against team, they, they, the, the, the defenders just play along. You're dribbling the ball, and they just walk like this, and they let you pass it. Nobody's trying to steal anything from you because they don't care. They're just waiting for their turn to dribble the ball. Then these girls would come down, she'd learn to dribble, and then this girl would go to pick somebody, and she would stand there in front of nobody. 
There's nobody there. The defender's over here. The offensive person's over there. And she just... She blind? What is she doing? She's not even... So they go through the play. I call timeout. Come over here. What are you doing? I'm setting my pick, coach. That's what the play. You know, the, what do you mean? You didn't set a pick on anybody. Yeah, that's where I always stand. That's where, I, that's where I'm supposed to go. No, you're supposed to go block the person. Not the air. Because nothing happened. But it was like, that's why I'm crazy. It's, 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 it's all of this. But that, it, was like, it was like that constantly. You know, they would learn something, and then when they got into a pressure situation, it would just like, it'd leave them. And they couldn't remember what to do. The girl golfers couldn't remember what to do. The, the, the basketball players were doing all kinds of crazy stuff, and they'd be pressed by this team, and it was all but like just give them the ball and hide. I mean, they didn't, they didn't want to be a part of it. They couldn't, they couldn't figure out how. They were really good. Co- I'm good, coach. Duh. You're not really good. You're not really going to produce unless you can do it in that pressure. If you can do it in that situation where there's tribulation. If you can do it in that situation where the enemy's coming against you. My girls would stand up there on that driving range and they would hit balls all day long. And I'd say, how's it going? How are you hitting them? Great. And I'll stand behind them and watch them and they're all going like dead right. But they, they've, they've somehow, they, I'm hitting it great, coach. Well, it's landing in the driving range. But what you have to realize is the driving range is about 200 yards wide. It's as big as an airport. I mean, you can't miss the driving range. And they just think it's going in the air. It's going somewhat far. And it's landing in the grass. I've done well. But you take them to the first hole, and they hit it, and it goes out of bounds somewhere. And they end up with a bunch of 10s, and they get the highest score they've ever had. They come back and go, I don't know what's going on. I was hitting the ball really good in the range. No, you weren't. You were hitting it all over the place. You had no idea what you were doing. That's like, you know, you come into church, and it's like, whoo, man. Worship and prayer, everything's great. I'm telling you, you got great joy in here, smiling and happy and loving. Well, everybody likes you in here for the most part. <laughs> for the most part, <laughs> Everybody here wants, wants you to, to be the best person that you could be. You're not coming in the door and people knocking you down. You're not coming in the door and people saying you're not going to be anything. You're not coming in the door and people telling you how bad you are. You're coming in the door and everybody's encouraging you and hugging you and telling, God loves you, we love you, man. It's great to have you here. It's good to see you, man. Come on, you can do it. I'm just glad you're here today. God's got something for you. That's what's going on in here. That's like being on the driving range. You can't miss here. But when you go outside those doors, I'm telling you, you're going to have to go out onto the course. You're going to have to play. And you're going to, there's going to be sand traps, and there's going to be trees, and there's going to be things. I was reading an article by a guy named uh, Greg Norman. He was a, a real big golfer way before Tiger Woods. Many of you only know Tiger Woods. I understand. But he's, he's the shark. Yeah, he's Greg Norman. And he, he, they were asking him questions, and he said, of course, he's very, very sure of himself. And uh, he said, of course I would beat Tiger. You know, I mean, that's, that's just what he said. Well, he's like 50, so he's never going to play. But he said, it's not the equipment and the things that you have. It's your ability to use the equipment and the things that you have that make a difference. He said, it's the, it's the ability to execute with the, with the tools that you've been given that make a difference. He said, it wouldn't make a difference if I played in my time or I played in his time. It's the talent and the ability to use what I've been given That's the thing that makes the difference. Can I go out on the course and can I execute? 
Can you take this word that says the joy of the Lord has been placed on the inside of you? Get rid of all those boulders, the stress and the worry and the anxiety like Elizabeth said earlier in in Philippians chapter 4. Can you shun those things and allow that joy to flow out of you even in the midst of what you're going through? That's when you know. That's when you know you've started to get a revelation. That's when you know that you're on your way and on the path. Jesus came into this world, yes, to give us life and life more abundantly, but he came to give us his joy so that our joy would remain full. Many times we think, you know what, I, just, I can't do it anymore. I'm tired. I'm not, I need, and we pray for strength. We, 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 we literally say, God, I need your strength. Fill me with your strength. Pour it out. And I believe there's an exchange of our weakness for his strength through his grace. I believe that happens. But listen, if we get in his presence, there's joy. And Nehemiah 8.10 says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. So as you don't feel like you can go on because of the situation around you, and I'm telling you to be joyful, and you're thinking, what's that going to do for me except make me laughing in the midst of my misery? Well, it's going to be good medicine for you, but it's also going to bring strength so that you can continue and push through till the end. As I woke up this morning, I just, you know, when I wake up in the morning on Wednesdays and I haven't heard what God wanted me to share, I always say, well, what are we doing today? <laughs> Pretty much just like that. And uh, it's the first thing I get out of bed and I ask him, you didn't wake me up in a dream and I didn't get anything last night. So what you got, pal? We got about eight hours. Come on, God. And as I sat down to begin to read uh, a devotional that I read a lot, it's a Pursuit of His Presence by Kenneth Copeland, today's Today's scripture was Nehemiah 8.10, that the joy of the Lord is my strength. And it's not this idea that God wants us strong so we can be strong. It's this idea that God wants us strong so that we can get to the end of our race and we can affect the people who are in our race for the kingdom of God. You could be grumpy all day long, but you're not going to be effective. You're going to be miserable. You may get to heaven. You may have fun then but why live hell on earth while you're here? You don't need to. The joy of the Lord is your strength. It's that thing that makes you stand up tall. It's that thing that says, I can get through anything. And that comes from his presence. As I turned back a page from the one today, there was one, the one right before it said that, that praise and joy, praise and joy bring that strength into our life and bring that power of God into our life. And this idea that says, as I stand before him, my enemies scatter. That as I praise God, the enemies before me, they scatter. And and all these things, they're all coming from different sides. But what, what we have to realize is there's joy in your life. In his presence, there's fullness of joy. As you praise him... It says that the enemy is scattered before you. You are, you are nervous, you are upset, and you're worried and stressed because the enemy is here. Praise God. It says in Psalms that, that as you do that, the enemies have to scatter, they have to leave. Psalms 9, it says, I will be glad, in verse 2, I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. When my enemies turn back, they shall fall and perish at your presence. Now listen. You can't have joy without having his presence because in his presence is fullness of joy. His presence is alive on the inside of you by the power of the Holy Spirit. Don't clog all that stuff up. And as you stand in his presence and you praise his name, it says the enemies fall before you. In Psalm 68, it says, let God arise, let his enemies be scattered in verse 1. Let those also who hate him flee before him. 
As smoke is driven away, so drive them away. As wax melts before the fire, so let the wicked perish at the presence of God. But let the righteous, it says, be glad. Let them rejoice before God. Yes, let them rejoice exceedingly. The righteous. Who are the righteous? It says that we are made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. If you're saved here tonight, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, you should greatly and exceedingly rejoice. Should greatly and ex- thank you, Bill. Greatly and exceedingly <laughs> rejoice. It's it's a good thing to be a Christian. It's a good thing to be alive in this earth. Let your face know, like Pastor Pam said, like my mom said earlier. Let your face know. And you say, well, I don't know about that. There's a scripture that says that in Proverbs fifteen thirteen. Because I've had a lot of people tell me this. I'm happy on the inside. You know, and, and, well, okay, the inside's great. You need to be happy on the inside, but you need to be happy on the outside too. Proverbs 15, 13 says, A happy heart makes the face cheerful. A happy heart makes the face cheerful, but heartache crushes the spirit. It says in Habakkuk, in chapter 3, verse 17, Though the cherry tree doesn't blossom, and the strawberries don't ripen. It's the message Bible. Though the apples are worm-eaten and the field and the wheat fields are stunted, though the sheep pens are sheepless and the cattle barns are empty. So, I mean, it's not going to get much worse than that. No cattle in the barns, no sheep. The wheat's stunted. The strawberries aren't ripe. The apples, they're worm-eaten. And, and the, the cherry trees don't have any blossoms. I mean, it doesn't get any more. It says, I'm singing joyful praise to God. I'm turning cartwheels of joy. It actually says that in the Message Bible. It says, I'm singing joyful praise to God, and I'm turning cartwheels of joy to my Savior, counting on God's rule to prevail. I take heart and gain strength. I run like a deer. I feel like I'm the king of the mountain. I turn cartwheels of joy. Can you you imagine? Can you do a cartwheel, Miriam? I mean, can you... I executed. Should be a 10. But it says that I turn car. There's joy. Yes, yeah, so you do it. You do it unwittingly and unknow. I'm not doing it again because then it'll be on YouTube. Just do it once when nobody's looking. Listen, your joy can take you to your victory. Hebrews 12.2. Jesus, it was talking about Jesus, and it said, because of the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat, sat, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For the joy that was set before him. There's something about joy. It does bring strength. It brings this, it is medicine to your, to your soul, to your mind, and to your, your emotions and those things. It's medicine to your life. It begins to heal. I, I don't know the how, when, whys, what's, and where's. But, but it, it will begin to minister to the inside of you and begin to change who you are. I mean, it will. There's something about the joy of the Lord. And, and I know it's on the inside of you. I did a cartwheel, and everybody laughed. There's joy on the inside. But you don't need me to do a cartwheel to smile and to laugh. You just need to allow Jesus to live loud in your life 
And as you do that, I'm telling you, he'll change everything about you. You'll begin to smile again. You know? And not only smile again, but then he'll give you great reasons to smile too. All the time, he'll begin to change who you are and what's going on. You don't smile all the time. That's a good smile. I like that. You've you got to keep your hopes up like we talked about Sunday. But you've got to keep walking in joy. You should be the happiest person on the face of the earth. Because Jesus Christ is alive on the inside of you. And I know that you go through things and situations and circumstances and they don't look great. And I know you face lack or you face relationships that are broken and all those kind of things. We all face something like that in our life. But can we face those things, be in the middle of those things, and still keep our joy? Can we walk out into a world that's joyless and spread joy everywhere that we go? Can we follow after him, get rid of the stress and the worry and the anxiety and allow the joy to flow? To allow that thing to just enjoy life again. I tell people who are getting married, as we go through the process and meet with them and talk to them and do those kind of things, I I always encourage them, hey, listen, you're only going to do this once. Enjoy it. That's what you did. You enjoyed it. You enjoyed the journey because what happens is many people get to the end and they never enjoyed the journey and they got to the end and they said, I do. And they walked out of the building and they said, I've missed everything. I didn't enjoy what was going on because I got, I got all of the cares and all of the worries and the stress and the anxiety and all that stuff. And I just let it burden me down. And I thought, you know what? When this is over, I'm going to rejoice. Yes, but you've missed all the joy in the journey. Don't miss the joy in your journey. Because there's joy each day. Jeremiah is a bundle of joy. And just thinking about it makes me smile and makes me laugh. Smiley cracks me up. And, and, I, and he comes in today with a fedora, her son. He's only like this tall. He's got a fedora on. There it is right there. Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. And he looks up at me and says, can I get some bubble gum? With a big smile on his face. I said, man, you can do whatever you want to. Go on in there and just tear it up. Little kids, man, they don't have a, they don't have a problem. It's Christmas. They're all excited. And we all look like this. (laughs) As you're putting together everything Christmas Eve, you know. Merry Christmas. Don't lose your joy in the journey. Because you've got a long journey and a long road ahead of you. And and you want to walk in joy all those days. Amen. We hope this message encouraged you. Victor Christian Center is passionate about sharing the love, acceptance, and forgiveness of Jesus. Learn more about us at victorylafayette.org. If you don't know Jesus or maybe you've gotten distracted and stopped following Him, I'd like to pray for you right now. The most important decision you'll ever make involves accepting the love of Jesus and His gift of new life. I'd invite you to make this prayer your own and take this opportunity to begin to follow Jesus. God, I ask you to reveal yourself to me. I want to know you. I ask you to forgive the sin in my life that has kept me from enjoying a relationship with you. Give me a fresh start by changing my life and helping me to follow you from this point forward. I accept your love through Jesus and I commit to trust your plan for my life. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. 
Amen. If you've prayed this prayer for the first time, please get in touch with us and let us know. To learn more about Victory or to contact us, visit us online at victorylafayette.org.